Well, this is uh, Jan Scruggs, founder of the National Vietnam Veterans Memorial in Washington, D.C. Beautiful place to take your friends and relatives when you come into our beautiful town. And it's nicely placed right near the Lincoln Memorial, which was my hope uh, 40 years ago. And somehow or another, we got it built. Anyway, I'm honored to be the man to introduce you to Randall Ark. Randall Ark, not just your regular Ark, but something more complex. So, Randy Ark, why don't you tell everyone where you grew up and what you did when you got out of high school and whether or not Uncle Sam wanted to draft you to help him fight this war in Vietnam? Well, I grew up on a farm just outside of Springfield. went to Green and High School, and I graduated in 1966. And uh, I, had a, I had a good high school career, yeah. uh, athletics and stuff. Yeah. Um, I started that fall of 66 at Wright State College. It was a college then, not a university yet. There were, there were only four buildings there. Yeah. And uh, I was headed to get a degree, and I, I was determined I was going to do that. But all of a sudden, I lost interest in studying. Uh, I didn't, I didn't want to go to school anymore. Yeah. And so my grades went down. I got on probation. And I got drafted in November of 1967. And back then, if you got drafted, this was before the lottery. Uh, if you got drafted, the, your choices were Marines or Army. That was about it. You were, that really wasn't a choice. They were <laughs> So I decided I really wanted to be in the Army because my dad was in the Army in World War II. I wanted to kind of follow that, his, his lead. Uh, so I signed up for another year and decided to be uh, a medic. Uh, my naivete uh, about the service kind of kicked in, and uh, I kept thinking, well, if I'm a medic, I'll probably, if I go to Nam, I'll probably be in an air conditioned hospital with nurses, pretty nurses. <laughs> <laughs> Naive. Yeah, where, uh, did took, they send, where did they send you? What was your job over there? Uh, they sent me to a, a uh, medical battalion yeah. at first. And we did a week of jungle school. And um, then we were, then we hung around with other medics for maybe a month or two, yeah. doing aid stations and stuff like that. Nothing, you know, occasionally there'd be rockets coming in, but they could have been anywhere. Uh, so um, we, I finally got assigned to a field unit, what it was called a mobile artillery unit, set up fire bases and stuff like that. And uh, so I was the only medic in the battery. And uh, that's that's what I w was there to do. So I, I, was, I was okay with that. It was a good group of guys and, uh, that's where, I don't know, what else do you want to know about that? Well, it sounds to me like you could get yourself hurt being a combat medic in Vietnam. We had a medic, actually two medics in one day. 
One was shot in the throat, and the other one was shot right behind the eye. Mm. Somehow or another, the bullet in the throat didn't <laughs> didn't hit his jugular vein, and he went on to medical school in Puerto Rico. <laughs> uh. Yeah. The other guy, the guy who got shot in the eye, it actually did permanent damage to the part of the brain that uh, sure. has to do with short-term memory. So, but uh, rest in peace. So what did you uh, think about the Vietnamese people? Do you have any time to spend with them? I know we tried to give we, shots and things like that. You know what? In the battalion, a uh, medical battalion, we went on what we called med caps. Yeah. And we went out to villages and stuff to treat the people. There was usually an infantry unit that went along with us to kind of set up a perimeter. And uh, and the kids and the mama-sons, uh, they would come from all around. And we'd, they'd set, we'd set up in this shelter or something they had out there. It looked like it was built by the French. Hmm. But, uh, you know, I, I even took a had a picture taken of one of the kids coming and didn't have a stitch of clothes on. Nothing. <laughs> No shoes, no pants, yeah. nothing. They were very poor. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I bandaged one kid up. He had, his legs were had got something happened to his knees or something. I bandaged him up, and he followed me around the rest of the day. <laughs> he, was, he was my buddy. Yeah. You know, you wonder what happened to those kids like that. Yeah. But uh, anyway, we would treat different villages, and that was – and they were glad, but it, sometimes it was a a two-edged sword because uh, the Viet Cong would come in at night. You know, if we gave them anything, yeah, um, it would be gone. But they were willing to risk it to get treated. With penicillin was a wonder drug over there. Oh, so we were treating mamasons and the you know prostitutes also yeah so uh yeah that was my experience with the villagers of course they were they were around the base camp yeah so, uh, uh, they you know did laundry and all that kind of stuff yeah yeah very nice you, did you ever have to go out with a regular rifle company i'm trying to think i think i did and i'm I don't know if this counts, but it was in jungle school. Yeah. But that was, uh, I remember we got, uh, we were in, we were in like a lower level between two cliffs and, and we were in the water up to our neck just about. And there was a firefight going on up above. Oh no. Green tracers and red tracers back and forth. And, uh, I got I got separated with this other guy, but we found our way back to the patrol, and everybody was covered with leeches. I mean, covered, <laughs> and you couldn't put any, you couldn't get them off right then because of the firelight. You can't be lighting a match or nothing. Yeah, and uh, so we uh -huh. had to wait till we got back to our training area. But I don't remember any more than that. I, uh, most of our, we didn't do any recons or anything that I remember. <laughs> but, but Jan, there's a whole lot I don't remember, and I don't know why. Yeah. It seems like after a whole year, 
you know, I would remember more that more that happened than I than I can remember. Yeah. So, do you think your time in Vietnam caused your PTSD? Caused PTSD, or did you do you not have it? Well, I'm I'm on a hundred percent disability, and PTSD was part of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I don't know about you, but there's hardly a day go by that I don't remember something in Vietnam. Think about it. Yeah. <laughs> think about a guy. Think about it being in the bunker. Mm-hmm. You know, I my duties as a medic in the, in the, in our compound there. Um, I had, I had a very good friend of mine accidentally shoot himself in the head with my 45. Mm. Uh, He was, he was in the bunker. I wasn't in the bunker at the time, but he was just playing around with the 45. He just Mm. turned 18. Don't do that. (laughs) Yeah. 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 And, uh, Ended up uh, years later, I went to California with my wife and daughter, and uh, we met with that young man's mother mm-hmm. and brothers and sisters uh, in California. And that was one of the best things I ever did. Yeah. For them and me. <laughs> yeah. Well, they probably really needed to. <laughs> yeah, they, they didn't get a straight scoop from the Army for what happened to him. So, yeah. uh, yeah. you got to be careful of those forty-five automatics because you know when you you put the clip in, then you put the bullet in the chamber. Yeah, it's pretty easy for your trigger finger to slip right and have it go off. Because I saw, I saw it happen. And you got to squeeze the, the rear of the handle. That has to be depressed, also. Yes, everything's <laughs> go wrong at the same time. Yeah, my God, a U.S. soldier will figure out how to screw it up. <laughs> Well, I enjoyed my time over there, just 12 months, so just primarily shooting mortars, but some rifleman stuff. So you, you were, were you were in a mortar crew? Yeah. Huh. Yeah, we had 81 millimeter mortars. Okay. We never we never took them anywhere. But we did have an incident in which 12, 12 guys were killed in like 15 minutes. They all they had all died. I remember you writing that. Yeah. Reading that. All yeah. Right. That really had a big effect on me and still does. Sure. Yeah. But uh, so tell us about your life now in beautiful Ohio. What's the name of your little town you're in there? Springfield. Yeah. And what are they known for? Oh, at one time in history, they were they were one of the big industrial giants in the whole country <laughs> uh, with factories and stuff that they had. Uh, with the making reapers and and uh, all kinds of farm equipment, and uh, in fact, we had the second largest factory under one roof in the entire world, and uh, the the largest factory was in I think Krupp, Germany. Yes, uh, something like that, and uh, it was it was a very uh, a fluent place, a lot of lot of innovators, a lot of uh, entrepreneurs, and stuff like that. Now it's starting to build up a little bit. You know, people want things to happen too fast. I think, but you know, there, there's some more shops that are setting up downtown. They, the mall closed down, 
and more things are going downtown now, which is the way it was when I was younger. Yeah. But uh, it's, it's, to me, it's a nice town. Um, I've never had any. It's not, wouldn't be like for me, like living in Detroit or, you know, some of the, some of the places that are getting overrun now with illegal immigrants and stuff. So. Yeah. So what kind of uh, interactions do you have with veterans nowadays, particularly some of the guys who are coming back from these recent wars in places like Afghanistan and so forth? Tell us about any anything you do in that regard. Well, our... I wish we had more contact with the uh, Afghan and Iraq guys or wherever they were. Uh, mostly my contact early on was with World War II, Korea uh, veterans trying to get them, yeah. get them more things going for them uh, than they knew about. Because when they got out, some of them didn't even have a DD-214. They had what was called separation papers. Oh, that's right. And and people would call me. Uh, Once they found out, I was kind of like a veteran advocate. And people would call me and ask about things. I had people calling from California, from Utah, (laughs) really. And uh, this is they say, this is what's going on. What's my first step here? What should I do? You know, and uh, all they wanted was a direction. That that's mostly. And uh, one time I got a great big book in the mail. It was heavy, and it was a big book on the Holocaust. Mm. I mean, pictures, everything, and it was from a guy in Atlanta, who whose brother I helped up here in Springfield. Yeah. And he wanted to give me something to, you know, say thank you. That was that's pretty cool. So. Yeah, but uh, yeah. my contact, like I said, uh, the the memberships and and uh, and the VFWs and stuff. I don't know what if you're involved in that much, but it's going down. Uh, the new guys aren't getting very involved at all, and I wasn't for a while, and I yeah. you were too, but. Uh, yeah, it's too bad because the VFW and groups like like that, they, they do a really good job. I mean, they really they yeah make things yeah. happen. People who need help, short term or long term, great advocates. And we have we have stuff going on that they can come to. We advertise it, yeah. and uh, we put it on the on the on the TV screens at the at the medical block that you know, that's here in Springfield. Yeah. So we're trying real hard to get people involved and get them, get them in at least to talk to somebody. Good. Yeah. 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 Well, I think you've had a pretty good career. I've even heard rumors that you are being considered for veteran, <laughs> veteran of the year. Is that correct? Veteran of the year? Veteran I, of the week, maybe. <laughs> unless you heard, uh, the only thing, I think the most recent thing I had was I get I get into these Hall of Fames. I got in my high school Hall of Fame for the work that I did with veterans after graduation. Oh, I see. And, and I got into the 
Ohio Military Hall of Fame for Valor, which is like I was telling you about earlier, because uh, of the Archon with a V. Yes. And, uh, and you said that you had also had one of those. Yes. Uh, but Veteran of the Year, I don't know. <laughs> That'd be a new one. <laughs> so what's it like? Had you ever seen anyone die before you went to the Vietnam War? Uh, grandparents. Yeah. That's, that was about it. Relatives. And how, how many times did you see fatalities over there? Oh, golly. Once, once in the medical battalion, yeah. we went to a place called Fukvin. And there was like a mash unit there. Hmm. And we were in a, a, a big area that was full of cots and beds and stuff. And they, they said, we're bringing in the, they're bringing in the stiffs. No. That's what they called them. I said, what the heck? What's that? I said, you know, the bodies, we don't, we don't give them names. <laughs> oh. I guess nowadays they call them angels, oh. but, uh, Anyway, they brought them in, and uh, some were dying, you know. Um, but we were we were assigned to treat whatever we could treat. And one of the guys was my squad leader. I had in boot camp. Yeah, he was shot three times with an AK. Yeah, uh, once in each leg and once at the base of his spine. Oh. And uh, he heard my voice. <laughs> and he goes, hey, Randy. I said, what? <laughs> and, I just, and I went over there and I said, oh, man. He, he, he goes, how bad is it? And I said, well, you're not bleeding. It's, blood's mm -hmm. not pouring out. So that's, that's good. Uh, but I told him, you know, where he was shot. And, and uh, you know, what do you say? I wish him well. And. And uh, just hang in there, you know. And mm -hmm. did, it, did it miss the spinal cord? I don't know. Yeah. It, it was right on top of it. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah. But as far as, uh, like I said, there's a whole bunch I forgot. And uh, <laughs> I remember the main artillery or the rocket mortar barrage the night that I got wounded. We had like 17 or 18 wounded oh God. that night. And you were the only medic. And I was, I was the only medic and I was new in the battery. Congratulations. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And that's why I'm running in the dark. This buck sergeant who looked like Wally Cleaver, he was, he was leading me to all the bunkers. And the only light we had was the flashes from the rockets and mortars going off. It's about a hundred yards to run to the first bumper. Yeah. And uh yeah, I I don't know why I don't remember more than I do. I mean, the the thing that they wrote up on me, they said, okay, he was in this bunker, he did this, and uh and then he heard there was eight more in another bunker. I don't remember that. <laughs> but they wrote it, you know. Uh, uh, it was their way of saying thank you for your service, you know. 
<laughs> I give uh, I give tons of credit to those guys on the guns. Yeah, they they were having firing missions while we were under attack. Oh yeah, and they ran out there even though they knew they'd probably get wounded, which they did. <laughs> which they did. Uh, you know, that's I I'll never forget that those guys taken off. Hey, we got a fire mission, and you hear outside, you know. Yeah explosions you call those mortars in just perfect and you, you yeah yeah a lot of people up you once know? you get the range <laughs> yeah and it's pretty pretty mathematical process were you guys pretty good at that yeah we were we were certainly above average yeah <laughs> we had quite a few this was there in 1970 so probably half of the guys in the mortar platoon had had some college training you know okay so uh but they, they had all, but basically they'd all been drafted. <laughs> a couple of guys who went to the two-year regular army thing. But getting people to volunteer for the infantry is a little tough. I watched this stuff going on in uh, oh yeah Ukraine, and I just say, oh my god, it, these guys are going to need PTSD help and and everything else to recover from this. Crazy yeah, that's for sure. Okay, that's for sure. Randy, I want to thank you for telling us what it was all about in Vietnam, fighting in the Vietnam War. And as they say, thank you for your service. And <laughs> it's hard it's hard to tell what it's all about. You know that. Yeah. Know. Uh, you know, with with the smells and the Oh yeah. And the way you have to live, you know, you don't shower for a while. I had rats crawling on me about every night. Yeah. Uh, and in our bunker, they would come down out of the sandbags. Yeah. And and uh, they only broke the skin on me once. They're like athletes. They're, yeah. they're unbelievable. Yeah. It, it'd be a, they would nibble. They would wake you up by nibbling on your earlobe, or your fingertips, or your elbow. That's. That's when I knew there there about usually about four or five of them running around on my poncho. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But they weren't big rats like they had up north. Yeah. I've heard horror stories up there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There are a lot of things they didn't tell me about this Vietnam thing before I went there, but I sure found, <laughs> found out a lot of it was very unpleasant. Crazy stuff. Whenever I talk to kids in schools and, and I mentioned that. Yeah. That's the worst thing they can think of that could happen to you. And the army recruiter might shoot you. <laughs> Oops. Yep, yep. I don't know. It looks like an accidental discharge. <laughs> All right, we better go, so. Okay. I'll send you this when this is done. I thank you so much for the invitation. Very, very much, and it, it's been a really pleasure to meet you also, uh, face face to face. <laughs> Pleasure's all mine. 